May the Lord be with you. (laughs) It's a very common phrase for any Star Wars fan to hear that, may the force be with you. Yesterday was May the 4th, so it's May the 4th be with you. And we hear about that, but the truth is this, we have a God who is with us and never leaves us and never forsakes us. Watch, let me read these three scriptures to you real quick. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 9, it says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God promised to be with you wherever you go. Isaiah chapter 41, verse number 10 says this. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God has promised to be with you. Therefore, you should not or do not need to fear. And then Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, when he gets ready to ascend into heaven, he looks at the disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Not sometimes, not once a week, not every once in a while, no, no. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You do not need to fear, for God is with you. No matter where you are, where you're going, or what you've been through, God is with you. Some of you perhaps walked in today feeling like you are on your own, like God has forgotten about you, but he never forgets about you. And he is there, and as the book of Isaiah says, he is holding you in the palm of his hand. People will forget about you. I mean, have any of you ever been forgotten by someone? right? Forget things. I I was embarrassed yesterday in the evening when I realized that it had been Ralph's and Natalie's anniversary, which I knew, and they were at my house for my daughter's birthday party, and I didn't say happy anniversary. Man, when I remembered it at around nine o'clock at night, I got my phone and I said, I'm so sorry, Ralph. I texted him, but happy anniversary. I forgot. I was caught up with almost getting my eyebrows burned off with the, with the, with the barbecue and the thing and the grease. I, I, I had a close call. Some of you were there. I remember back, Pat, you all right? I had this thing, you know, uh, you know, burgers get the grease that comes off and it starts filling up. I turned this burger over and that sucker, we got some wind and it went, whoo. And thank God I was wearing my Oakleys. And because if not, I would have singed my eyebrows because it was like, whoa, matrix style with the barbecue coming at me. People forget. You know, who's a good example of that in the scripture, Joseph. Joseph was forgotten, right? Joseph's story, he was given dreams by God that he was going to be put in a position of authority. He tells people, he tells his siblings, tells his parents, his brothers get upset. They get him, they throw him in a pit. They want to kill him. Then one of them says, let's sell him. So he gets sold as a slave. He gets sold a second time to Potiphar. He's there in Potiphar's house. He's raised to be in second in command of Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife accuses him of trying to rape her. And so they get him and throw him in prison. Talk about feeling like you are being forgotten. Thrown in jail for a crime they did not commit. 
Then he's in jail, and guess what? God blesses him in jail, and he becomes second in command of all of the jail. It's the jailer, Joseph, and everybody else. I mean, the guy was in charge of the prison. And then two of the people have dreams, the cupbearer and the armor bearer of Pharaoh, who had been thrown into the jail. And he interprets their dreams. One of them, the dream was that they were going to be restored to their position. The other one, the dream was that they were going to be executed. And the one that was going to be restored in his position, he looked at him and he says, Hey, I ask you one thing, man. When you get before Pharaoh, remember me. And you know what the guy did, right? Forgot about Joseph. Time goes on. And Pharaoh has a dream. And the guy finally remembers and says, Hey, in the prison, there's a guy. Now, he forgot about Joseph, but God had never forgotten about Joseph. God was just waiting for the right moment to exalt Joseph. And perhaps you walked in today and you're feeling you are in a prison of life because of your circumstance, because of your problems, because of your situations. And I've got good news for you. God is with you. He will never forsake you. He will never abandon you. And he is there ready to exalt you at the right time. So I want to dive into Numbers chapter 6 this morning. Numbers chapter 6, when you've got it, say amen. Numbers chapter 6. And we're going to begin to read in verse number 23. As God tells Moses and gives him what is known as the priestly blessing. Verse 23 of Numbers chapter 6 says, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Let's read verses 24, 25, and 6 one more time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. There's four things that I want to harp on this morning from this verse, from these verses. The first one is this. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. The second one is the fact that he wants to keep you. The third one is the fact that he wants to be gracious to you. And the last one is the fact that he wants to give you peace. These four things, now we're going to break them down. Let's talk about bless you for one second. What does it mean to bless? From the root word, if you study in the original language, it is to prosper. God wants to prosper you. Now, because of society and because of the way that people have harped on what it means to be prosperous, we automatically assume prosperity to be money. Now, is it true that God wants to bless you financially? Yes. But when he's talking about prospering you, it's not just money. God wants to prosper your relationship in your marriage. God wants to prosper the relationship with your children. God wants to prosper the relationships with your family. God wants to prosper your family, your finances. He wants to prosper your health. As a matter of fact, doesn't the Bible say that by Jesus' stripes, we are healed? 
But the Bible also says that he wants to prosper you as your soul prospers, which means these blessings and these prosperity in the different areas of our life, they will come and they will increase as we pursue God and put him in the place that he deserves and requires. Now, I want to break down some of the blessings that God has promised you. Go to Deuteronomy. We're going to come back to Numbers. So you go ahead and mark it on your Bible. I'm not sure if you're using your phone, if you can mark it on the phone. Maybe you can to easily go back and forth. Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about the blessings on obedience to God. And starting in verse number three, it says, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offsprings of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. God wants to bless or prosper every area of your life, whether you live in the city or out in the Everglades. It says in the city or the country, wherever you may live. It says it there. He wants to bless, make prosper the fruit of your womb, the produce of your ground. You may not have a green thumb, but God can make your grass grow. You may not be able to be the one that do it, but the truth is you're not called to do it. God is going to do it in you and through you. As long as you're obedient to him. He wants to bless you. You know, we're not here. We're not, maybe some of you are people who do cattle. I don't know. But basically what he's saying here, when you look at it, it says the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. In other words, God does want to prosper your finances and your retirement and your 401k. But you got to be obedient to God. You got to do what he calls you to do. And he will take care of everything else. I mean, as parents. Do we reward our children when they do the opposite of what we tell them to do? No. We don't reward them. We don't give them an additional reward when they do what's wrong. In the very same way, our Heavenly Father, He wants to prosper us, but it's as our soul prospers, as we are pursuing of Him. So again, He wants to bless you. Then He says He wants to keep you. Now, when he's talking about keeping you, it doesn't mean he wants to hold on to you and stick you in a drawer somewhere, right? Like something that you want to keep, you put away somewhere. Some of us keep things so well, we forget where we put it. Anything ever happened to anybody? And you end up having to go buy it again. And then when you don't need it, you find it. It's like, ah, that's where I put it, right? He wants to keep you. Now, what does it mean to keep you The word keep there comes from the word that means to protect you. God wants to bless you, to prosper you, but God also wants to protect you. And if we go to Psalm chapter 121, we get a clear picture of what this protection from God is. Psalm chapter 21, it says this, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. 
Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He wants to preserve you, protect you, keep you. It stands out to me there that he wants to be the shade for you. Have any of you ever stood in front of a glass and you feel that heat and all of a sudden you move the shade and the temperature changes? If you've never experienced that, Today, before you leave, I want you to go to the lobby and I want you to stand right in front of that glass and feel the heat and then move the shades that we put up there a few weeks ago and you're going to feel the temperature change instantly. It caught my attention up on the ladder hanging it a couple of weeks ago because I was there and man, it was hot. But that shade is not just there for decoration. It's there to observe the heat. It's there to observe it, to insulate it so that we might feel the coolness. And God says that he wants to keep you, protect you, even in the heat. When things are going wrong, when things are haywire, God wants to put you in his shade. Psalm 91 says that under his wings, he will protect you. So church... May the Lord be with you. And what does it entail? It means that he wants to bless you. It means that he wants to keep you. And then if you go back to verse number 25, it says, may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. What does it mean to make the face shine upon you? A better way of describing it would be that he will have favor upon you. Favor. Favor. You don't earn it or deserve it. Favor is something that is just bestowed. So God makes his favor upon you and is gracious to you. And what does it mean to be gracious? When you read the word and and, and where it comes from, it is about compassion. God has compassion towards us, mercy, graciousness. See, I want to let you in on a little thing if you did not know this. We don't deserve it. We do not deserve Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But the fact that God is moved by mercy, by compassion, by graciousness, he relents on the punishment that we deserve. Because of compassion. Jesus constantly was moved by compassion. Read it through all the New Testament, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When people were sick, Jesus was moved by compassion and healed them. When people were hungry, he was moved by compassion. And he multiplied the bread and the fish. I almost said the bish. Mixed the bread and fish. English. I don't know what's wrong with my tongue. He multiplied the bread and the fish out of compassion. Remember this parable of the good Samaritan where the people walk by, but the Samaritan sees him and was moved by compassion. The other people walk by him. Compassion stops 
As a matter of fact, it gives the implication of that when somebody is already down, they stop the beating. God wants to be favorable towards you and be gracious to you. So what does it say? It says he's going to bless you, prosper you. He's going to keep you, protect you, give you that shade. And he wants to be gracious to you. And then if you go back again in verse number 26, it says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lifting up his countenance upon you is very similar to making his face shine upon you. So it says, lift up his countenance and gives you peace. Now, what happens when we think of peace, we think of the absence of war. True or not? We are in peace. Everything's okay. The minute there's a little bit of a problem, we would say there's no more peace, right? How many of you, perhaps in your marriage, there's a little discussion, there's a little issue, and it's like, no, no, there's no peace in my home right now. No, peace does not mean the absence of conflict in this definition where it says that God wants to give you peace. It's giving you what you need. Everybody is chasing after peace. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. What is the type of peace that Jesus gives? Is the one that allowed him to sleep on a boat that everybody thought was going to sink. As a matter of fact, we just had a men's fishing trip this last month. A third of us got sick on that boat, myself included. Why? Because the boat was going, and Jesus was on a boat that was doing something similar. I mean, it was so bad that the captain, right, or or, or the disciples who were fishermen went to look for Jesus because they thought the boat was going to capsize. Guys, I kid you not. I thought that by the end of the day, one of us was going to go overboard. Because imagine... I was close. I mean, I, I, I caught a bunch of fish. I caught three fish. Let's be specific. I caught three fish, but I also hurled them several times. And when I was in that process and the boat was rocking, I thought I was going. I mean, I was going to be in the water. Jesus would have been in the cabin with a pillow snoring. That's what he did. I'm not making it up. The Bible says specifically, it says that he was there sleeping with his head on a pillow. You can look up the verse. And the disciples came and woke him up. Jesus, how do you sleep at a time like this? Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it as the world gives. As a matter of fact, Isaiah chapter 53 says that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The price, the penalty, what needs to be fought to acquire our peace, Jesus already did. May the Lord be with you because he wants to bless you. He wants to keep you. He wants to be gracious to you. And he wants to give peace to you. In the midst of trials, in the midst of storms, in the middle of everything looking like it's going to go disastrous, you can be at peace. At peace. Because he promised, what did we say at the beginning? Read three references, Joshua chapter one, verse number nine. Be strong and courageous. As I was with Moses, I'm gonna be with you. Think about this, when he tells that to Joshua, 
Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then the, Israel, the, the Egyptians pursue them with their armies and they get to the Red Sea. Egyptian behind them, a sea in front of them. You know what God did? He parted the sea so that they would cross on dry land. Amen. Then they're in the desert and they're hungry. And God made manna appear every day and double on the day before the Sabbath. They wanted some protein and God made quail fall from heaven enough to feed the millions of people that were out there in the wilderness. They were thirsty and out of a rock, he had water come out. Guys, God wants to bless you, keep you. God wants to prosper you. As a matter of fact, it gets even better on the parallel because it says that during the day when the sun was scorching, God had a cloud over the children of Israel, a shade. And it said that at night, when it gets cool in the desert, God had a pillar of fire in the sky, keeping them warm. God wants to bless you. He wants to keep you. He wants to be gracious to you. And he wants to give you peace. What do we need to do? Pursue him. What do we need to do? Follow him. In the midst of problems, choose to follow him. Do you know that many times it's a choice how we're going to react to things or not? It's a choice. My wife and I were talking, you know, I'm very honest. Sometimes I speak things the way that I shouldn't. And a couple of weeks ago, we had a little incident like that. She shared it with the ladies in the, in the Wednesday fellowship or whatnot. I was here. She had gotten here for the thing. She had to go pick up one of my, our daughters at school. It's already kind of late. And I'm kind of like, hey, you got to get going. You got to get going. And she looks at me and says, hey, you know what? I got no gas in the car. Go put gas in the car for me. And I lost it. I looked at her and said, you've got to be kidding me. I've been here all day. And now when we're already late is when you remember that you need gas and you're going to run out of gas. And she looked at me and says, don't talk to me like that. I said it in a wrong way. I'll be honest. Because I was frustrated. True or not? She was upset. So she was like, forget it. Don't put gas. I'll do it. She got in the car. She left. She didn't even let me walk her to the car. Okay? And all the ladies are like, yep, I do that too, right? She did it. I went to walk outside. She goes, I don't need you to go with me. I got it. I like, all right, I went back inside. I too can play this game. <laughs> and also with you, huh? And a few minutes passed, right? Like, who's going to buckle first? And I was here, and I was sitting in my office, and I got my phone out, ready to call her. And as I was getting my phone out, ready to call her, she called me. And she said, I'm really upset at you. And I need to tell you. But I'm choosing to not let it fester. We need to talk about it. We had a dis disagreement. Which happens in any relationship. But communication is key. So we were both about to do it. She just got to, she dialed it first. And we talked it. And she, agreed, she, and she said, hey, you were right in getting upset, but you were wrong in how you spoke to me. You know, you can be wrong and right at the same time. 
Matter of fact, the Bible even says, put a guard in my mouth that I might not sin against you. You know that's a verse in the Bible? Put a guard on your mouth and not sin against God? And so many times, man, things happen and then we choose to stay in that place. The place of anger, the place of discord, the place of disagreement. As opposed to choosing to get up and make it right. Oh Lord, bless me and keep, keep me. me. Cause your, Cause face, your face to shine on me. Shine on me, Lord, be gracious. Graciousness, compassion, mercy. Shalom. In the midst of adversity, the peace that surpasses understanding. Church, I tell you one more time and then we're going to go worship. Remember something. The Lord is with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. And he's here to bless you, keep you, be gracious to be you. And give